The biggest thing you gave me was time. I've always been a proponent of do the job, do it well. When you're a family, everyone in the family has to be treated with respect. Coach Wooden, it always started with uh, relationships. It always started with coaching people's hearts. I want to know who you really are, right? You can put whatever you want on paper, but that that doesn't really matter. His teachers, they meet the learner wherever he is. They don't care what you know. <laughs> they won't. Until they know how much you care. gives me great pleasure to have you home uh, for, for much longer than, than we were together at Encore. I kind of followed the Ducks. I followed your career and uh, had, of course, have an opportunity to be on that panel with you, have even researched you more and uh, uh, found that I was even more impressed than I thought I would be. Uh, and so I, I do appreciate you for, for jumping on and um, uh, we'll, we'll jump right in. Great. And, and, and the reason I don't like to do the formal introductions is because I, I like to have you have the opportunity to tell your story and, and I don't want to take anything away from it. And so with that, I'd like for you to, to talk to us about your journey uh, to, to becoming the athletic director at Oregon. Well, thanks. It's, uh, it's you know, now that I'm uh, approaching 25 or some years that sometimes it's fun to reflect on that journey and all the people that have made an impact in the learnings. Um, for, you know, for me, I guess it probably started off uh, in that youth sports played an important uh, part of my life. You know, I was a single parent home. And so the coaches, you know, played a role in my life and I fell in love with sports. Um, unfortunately, uh, you know, my, uh, my uh, gifts could only take me so far there. But I knew that I wanted to stay connected to sports. And so, you know, when I went to school at West Virginia University, I had an opportunity through the federal work study program to work in the athletic department. And, and it was there that I met a couple of mentors that opened my eyes to all these wonderful opportunities that can be presented in college athletics. Um, well, I got my degree in business and went to work for um, Ernst & Young, a large accounting firm. Um, I just kept my eyes on college athletics um, as something that I was passionate about because of the impact that it made in communities and individual in individuals' lives. And so I went back uh, to WVU to get my master's degree um, after some work experience at this accounting firm. Um, and from there, I've just you know had this wonderful set of experiences uh, meeting so many great people. And my journey, you know, has taken me to the University of Miami you know, for my first full-time job um, in intercollegiate athletics, um, you know, spent a few years there, then had a chance to go to the University of Maryland um, with a real growth opportunity and, and really get to learn from two of the best in the business in Debbie Yao and Jamie Pollard. You know, Debbie was a longtime AD at Maryland and at NC State, uh, obviously very famous family. The Yao sisters have done amazing things. Um, Jamie Pollard um, is now the you know, longtime AD at Iowa State um, and a great mentor and friend. Um, and so I spent some time there and, you know, what a great learning experience uh, at the University of Maryland. There was a lot of change happening and I was able to be a part of that. <clears throat> and then uh, went to work for Mitch Barnhart at the University of Kentucky uh, for eight years. And what a great experience that was. Um, you know, obviously, they're passionate about their basketball at the University of Kentucky. And Mitch really set the course to, to, 
make sure that Kentucky was providing an exceptional experience for all of its student athletes and doing everything they could to compete across the board. And, um, and I learned so many great lessons from Mitch, both professionally and personally. Um, and, you know, thanks to those set of experiences, I was blessed to get the opportunity to come here in 2010 and, and, and be the athletic director at the University of Oregon. And um, I've enjoyed just about every minute of it um, in my 13 years here. Uh, you, you said something at the start of, of, of your talk that, that actually I, I remember from I remember from Portland being there with you and you talked about your relationship with coaches and it made me think about who I am as a coach and how I have the opportunity to to influence young people in ways that I yes to teach them to tackle and to teach them to play man technique but I sometimes you you as a coach you sometimes lose the impact that you have on on young people you know what I mean on the direction of their lives I, I do like I said I remember you speaking on your relationships with coaches that influenced you just like you talked about to to be where you are today my next question you, you want to add something no 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 you're spot okay. on and you know it's so, and those are lifelong relationships coach I mean I, I still even though most of my relationships you know were built you know high school or pre-high school you know I still lean on some of those people today right right I I had an opportunity or I've had and I still right I I when you coach someone, when you coach a young person, it's like you have a relationship. Sometimes they can become like your own kids. They, they never leave. Right? Right. I have a young man that I coached. Uh, I coached him when he was in high school. And today he is a head coach. He's a head coach at Valdosta State University, uh, wow. Tremaine Jackson. And, and I remember Tremaine being a defensive lineman and my my background is in defensive back play but Tremaine was a defensive lineman and so every day he hangs out with the defensive back coach with the and I was the defensive coordinator at his high school and uh he's he's never left you know he's never left he's always been a part of my life and so it's it's really uh I, I take great pride in watching him develop as a coach as a head coach now and and on that on that vein um you, you spoke of many leaders, many great leaders who've been a part of your life, but you got, you can't choose them all. Who has <laughs> been, who has been the leader, the greatest leader in your, in your career, in your life, that person who has influenced you most. And what is it that that person gave you that, that you use today? Boy, you're putting me on the spot to try to pick one. Because I knew it. There, there are just so many people. And sometimes when you're reflecting, Coach, you know, you think of others. And um, I, I would say probably the three that I've already mentioned, you know, for, for Debbie Yao to give a young professional the chance that she provided me um, and opened a lot of doors. And I learned a lot from her and, 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 and Jamie Pollard, both when we were at Maryland <clears throat> and there was a lot of change happening. You know, Debbie had inherited a difficult situation and being maybe the only, if not the only, one of the few female athletic directors um, at a power five school at the time, you know, she had a heavy lift. Um, and for her, one, to watch her, uh, for her to put the trust in me 
and give me the opportunities to grow in my time, you know, six and a half, seven years. Um, you know, she continued to challenge, mentor, and provide opportunities. Um, and what we were able to accomplish um, under her leadership was really remarkable. Um, you know, I often marveled at, you know, how she could uh, align resources, uh, get everybody to collaborate, and convince everybody that we could uh, accomplish things that we ourselves couldn't even see uh, was, was fascinating. And then, you know, the opportunity to work with Mitch for eight years. And, and what Mitch just has this amazing ability. And I just witnessed it when I was with him at the NCAA track championships here in Eugene a couple of weeks ago. Mitch just has this incredibly high care factor for people. So people are first in everything that Mitch does. And we're watching a, a University of Kentucky relay team in the NCAA championships. And he's calling them all by first name. Mitch Barnhart knows every student athlete in the, in the athletic department at the University of Kentucky. Um, and it's just because that's who Mitch is, right? He's people first. He cares about people. Um, and listen, he's competitive as they come. Um, but for him, it's a foundation of care and right. about people. And, um, you know, I felt that for me. I felt that for my family. And it was fun to work in an environment where um, you see that on display every day. Great. So, so I alluded to it before a couple of times, uh, you and I being on a panel at, at Encore, um, and that was about diversity. That was about having uh, diverse candidate pools and hiring. And you in the state of Oregon have had to uh, abide by a state law, which requires you uh, in higher education to have a diverse pool of candidates. What does what does that having a diverse pool of candidates and um, you know making sure that you as the leader of an athletic department making sure that that diversity is at the forefront of of what you do? How how is that important to you? Well, it's extremely important to what we're doing. And what we've seen here at the University of Oregon is when we can get, you know, a diverse uh, team together, even if it's internal to our department, um, you know, you just have different set of experiences, a different set of thought patterns, a different educational background. Um, and when you can create an environment that's inclusive and where people can be their authentic selves, it's amazing the conversation, the debate the discussion that can happen that can produce the best results. And it might not be any one person's idea, but when you bring all that together with this set of experiences, it has an exponential impact. Um, and so sometimes, you know, when we're doing searches, you have to think differently than exactly what we have here now at the University of Oregon or what we've seen be successful. You have to be open. One of the great things about the University of Oregon largely through our partnership with Nike is, you know, we're willing to be first. Innovation is part of who we are. Um, we're afraid, we're not afraid to step out there and do something different. Um, and it doesn't always work. Um, but for us here, the number one priority is to, that people, that we have a family atmosphere where people can be their authentic self. Um, and then, you know, after that, it's, how can we create a team of people who have a 
you know, a unique view, a different set of experiences that put everything on the table for us to debate, discuss, and then ultimately make, uh, you know, provide the direction that we think is best for our program. And, and as you as you were talking, I was thinking about uh, some of the some of the questioning that we got from the audience, and and there were there were really good questions that that caused debate, that caused you to think about the way you do things. Again, that that conference I thought was a really good opportunity to to be in an environment to discuss, to debate, to have different perspectives on. A multitude of different things, uh, and I so I, and I thought I thought that was really uh, informational for me. Just a short time that I was there. I agree one hundred percent. You know, I thought Sam set up a great great panel, and I thought the uh, the participants were really engaged and had some and were really dialed on into some of the challenges with some of the pointed questions. Right now, you've had the opportunity to hire coaches and and to hire people onto your staff. Uh, and I always liken it to like some of the books that I've read to, to having the right people on the bus. And so as we use that reference, when, when you're looking for people to bring on to your bus, what is it? What is it that that you look for to identify who may be the best additions to your team? Yeah, you know, we don't, it probably depends on where a program is speaking to coaches. So we have 20 sports here and they're in different um, stages in their development. Um, and it, it probably depends by sport. But what we start with is, you know, we have a certain set of values. And, you know, we start with student athlete experience is at the priority, at the center of everything that we do. So we start with that and look for somebody who has that shared values, um, you know, who's principle based around that. Let's start with the, the whole person um, as a student athlete and then build from there. And then it, you know, it probably depends on where our program is. Um, you know, obviously there's some negatively recruiting against us, against our weather. And so, you know, what in, in certain sports, obviously we have a great tradition um, in track here. So we may view that differently than we review, you know, uh, a tennis, uh, for example. Um, but we do want somebody who, who is, you know, again, puts the, the, the student athlete at the center, obviously operates with integrity, has shown signs of um, and, and achievements in and around being a leader um, because, you know, leading a locker room is really, really difficult. Um, and, you know, making the choices to put the right people, as you said, into that locker room to build something. I mean, one of the great things about college athletics is it is so co-curricular. And when you get the right uh, culture built right. around that co-curricular activity, it can be life-changing for people and not in winning rings or, or holding up trophies. Those are fun things. But when this is done right, the, the co-curricular activities and the life skills learned through sport is something that can be life-changing. 100%. Yep. So 2020, right? covid um, our, our initiatives to improve our social justice uh, in our country. Th those were moments that provided great challenges, great adversity, great opportunities also for us to grow as, as coaches, as student athletes, as administrators in our society as a whole. What, what did that moment do for you as a leader? 
Wow. Uh, it did a lot. Um, you know, I, I think for us, um, you know, there were so many unknowns as we went into COVID. Um, and, to, and, 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 and to have to manage these issues, you know, remotely added a layer that, you know, quite frankly, I had no experience in. So I think one of the things that, you know, one is as a leader, you know, you've got to make yourself vulnerable, right? You got to be, you got to be able to engage in open, honest dialogue. And at times, particularly as it related to COVID, I didn't know what the financial challenges were going to be. It was still very early. And so I, I had to be willing to say, you know, to our 200 and, uh, you know, 40 staff, I don't have all the answers, but I'm happy to take the questions and I'll do the best that I can. And as this, you know, develops daily, we are going to over communicate. So, you know, I, I think it kind of fell back on, you know, you had to be open, honest and over communicate. And sometimes the communication was, we just don't have any information, but we're still working on it. Um, there was a lot of people with a lot of anxiety. And one of the things that we were able to do is one, you know, we put people first, you know, we wanted to, to have a high care factor. We, even though we didn't necessarily have the specific roadmap, we assured everyone, as long as we stuck, to, stuck together, we were going to find a way through it. Um, and that we, you know, we wanted to be forces of change um, and, you know, and be out front. You know, we're very visible in our community, whether that's modeling masks or modeling vaccine or, you know, you know changing the diversity of our community. You know, we wanted to be seen as leaders and step up in that. So the takeaway for me long term is we have to make sure that we're creating a safe space for everybody to have this open dialogue. And we've got to keep people engaged. One of the things, you know, one of the positives of, of that those years was that we had incredible engagement. Our Zooms were packed. You know, people were, you know, participating. Um, but now as we're out of that, the engagement starts to, to slip. And, you know, this, it needs to be more than just a moment, right? It, we need to keep people engaged. So what are we doing to make sure that the engagement stays high? Because while it was unsettling and there was a lot of anxiousness during a lot of those calls, there was a sense of we're in this together. And as long as we work together, we'll find a way through, even when we didn't have all the answers. I hope we can continue that. Yeah, yeah there, there was a lot that you said in there that I remember that, that I experienced. Uh, well, first thing is for many coaches uh, who don't even know how to turn their computer, who didn't even know how to turn their computer on, right? They learned to do that. They learned to, they learned to operate in this world where they couldn't touch their players, where they, where they had to teach from, from two different parts of the country. And, and that's difficult teaching. You know, but but what you said at the last is is that you had to have cooperation, you had to have engagement, and so uh, I, I think again, I always when we talk about COVID, I always talk about what we had the opportunity to learn, because we had meetings in Zoom on Zoom. Well, I didn't know what Zoom was before that moment, and 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 so now I was able to connect with coaches. Sometimes in the evening we had we had Zoom clinics at night and I was able to connect with coaches in parts of the country that I never would have visited 
you know, if I were going there in person, but we were able to connect, we were able to engage, we were able to exchange ideas. And like you said, I would also hope that that we wouldn't lose that because that was like untapped territory, you know, and, and uh, because that was all we had, <laughs> we locked in on it. You know, now, you know, we're back to our old lives and, and we, we tend to lose, lose that. But I would hope, like you said, that, that we could stay there. Yeah. And, you know, obviously there was the, 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 the way staff rallied around support of one another um, in those moments was something that was pretty special. And I hope we can kind of just translate that to daily life, right? That, you know, right. Let, let, right. just keep the care factor high. Right. Well, and another point you made was about the communication of the leader. You know, you, you study Franklin Roosevelt uh, during the times that he was president. Uh, he, some people say he did great things. He would say he didn't because he would say, all I wanted to do was communicate. All I wanted to, do, I didn't really know what to do, but I wanted to do something. And, and when the leader is out front and when the leader is present, like you said, and he's just communicates because all the people want to know is, okay, what are we going to do? I yep. don't know what we're going to do. Just give me a moment. <laughs> Let me figure it out. And I, and so sometimes that's okay. We have had leaders on here say that, it's important that you that you can bear with yourself to be vulnerable, right? It's, yes. impo it's important as a leader that you're willing to be vulnerable because sometimes people will give you that, right? So what I would what I would ask you is talk about your staff and and tell me what your staff would say your leadership style is, and then if you as you review yourself. Has your leadership style, has it changed over the course of your career? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, it's always risky to try to uh, describe how the staff would. Uh, I'll tell you what I hope. I hope that the staff would say, you know, that, you know, that I'm a collaborative leader, that we have an open door, um, you know, that we're, that we're really uh, solution oriented, right? Um, and, and that, you know, that we, we we're confident that we can always find a way together. Um, have I changed over time? Absolutely. Um, you know, again, I've, I've been fortunate to have so many great mentors um, and I value continuous learning. You know, there was a time um, early in my career when I was put in leadership roles um, where everything was win-lose, right? And everything was a race. Um, and it was only about the results. It wasn't necessarily about the journey. Um, or whatever uh, carnage you left behind. It was like, did I achieve the goal? Yes. Um, okay, then good, we're moving on. Um, so I, I think I'm a little more thoughtful, a little more reflective um, and, and can put you know, situations into perspective, right? Um, and everything's not a race, um, you know? And, and, and I think as I've gained more experience, I've tried to really be focused on more win-win outcomes. Um, as opposed to just getting the result that that I, I felt the organization needed at the time. Wow. So so at the University of Oregon, you you've built a now you and your team have built a tremendous national brand. You've had great success on the courts and on the fields. 
You've had really good academic success. My question is, is like, so, so for me as a coach, I, I influence young men. I teach them to tackle. I teach them man-to-man technique. I teach them zone technique. And when, when a player who just couldn't get it, right, he just couldn't get his cover two drop. And then all of a sudden I see, I see it happen. I see the, the light switch come on. That's game day for me. So my question is, is like, what is game day for you? What is that thing that, that lights up the world for you? Well, there's a couple of things. Um, you know, it's, it's when we work in this business, and I'm sure you get asked this all the time, and you kind of alluded to it in the question is, you know, people think that, you know, the most memorable moments we have in college athletics are when you have these, these big wins, Rose Bowl win, Pac-12 championship win, playing a national championship game, win a national championship in some sports. And those are all great, but that's not really what it's about. The big wins are when you see a student athlete who has struggled uh, early in their time here, figure it out. And by figure it out, I mean, finds a way to stay in school, graduates, and then comes back years later and says, you changed my life just through opportunity. Um, And similar for a staff, you know, when you have a staff member that, you know, isn't quite sure that they can uh, accomplish something and you just keep encouraging, supporting, um, and asking them the right questions to help them figure it out. And like you said, when the light goes on, then all of a sudden the ceiling's lifted for them in a lot of other areas um, and it's repeatable. So I, I would say, you know, for us, again, it's, it's about helping people. Winning is a, real, a lot of fun along the way, but when you can change lives, um, particularly with our student athletes through this opportunity of an athletic scholarship, and the great support system that we put around them, that's what really matters. I mean, you know, we're a term system school, so we just did our graduation ceremony a couple of weekends ago. Um, and that's always a favorite event, right? Because then you get to hear, you know, how they started, you know, their journey, and now what's next. And they just have this, they have this confidence, this skill set, and uh, this swagger to go take on what's next. And that's really what it's about. Right. And, and you know, there, there are not many professions where you get to experience that the, the way we do, because like you said, w- when you look at it, everyone, they just wants to see, they want to see, you know, the cutting of the nets and, and they think that, you know, that just happens, but it, it, there's a lot of long, hard days of work, uh, and and we get to see it, and so again, I, I agree that I, and I we are incredibly blessed in that way. Final question: So you're talking to the young Rob Mullins, right? What would you tell that guy that you know today that he had no clue about at the moment, and you're talking to him? Uh, that great question. I'd say two things: um, enjoy the journey, right? It it it, it flies by. Um, it really does. And, um, you know, make sure that you keep the priorities, the priorities. Um, there's a lot of things um, in society and in our profession, you know, that are rewarded that in the end, probably don't mean as don't much matter. as they might feel like in the moment. Um, and so, you know, it's, you're going to meet a lot of incredible people along the way. Um, make sure that you're thankful um, and you appreciate because you, you don't get to to where you are or where I am 
um, without the help of a heck of a lot of people. And I mean, every single day. Um, and, you know, sometimes I think um, we can get our priorities out of whack. Um, and then you get to be, you know, 52, like I am. And you start to look back and go, man, there were a lot of people who really went out of their way to help me. Um, and, you know, I wish I had been a little more reflective along the way instead of, you know, now at 52. Right. Well, I, from a fan, <laughs> from a, from a, a person who's watched from afar for a brief moment, uh, I think that, you know, you, you're, you've done a great job and, and you continue to, and uh, I couldn't be more impressed, impressed. And again, more, uh, blessed to be able to have the opportunity to, to visit with you a couple times. And, uh, and I thank you for, for coming on. And, uh, like I said, which, you know, we were there with Sam and, and Sam's a, a beaver and, uh, it was tough for him, <laughs> but, but even you, even you made him, made him reflect upon his decision and question right. it. <laughs> right. Well, Hey, it was great to meet you. I, I learned so much on that panel. That was one of the great things for me. I, you know, I was able to participate as a panelist, but having the opportunity to, to, to be on the panel with you and spend some more time with Sam was, uh, was educational for me as well. And um, congrats on all your success. I love that you're doing this podcast and connecting in different ways to share your wisdom. So uh, thank you for doing that.